Hey family, it's Natalie Valle, and this is Practical Alchemy, the podcast. I am a multidisciplinary healer and practitioner here to empower you with insightful, powerful, and heart-centered conversations. Our goal here at Practical Alchemy is to share stories, tools, and modalities from experts, teachers, mentors, and friends to help alchemize your life and to remind you that you're always on your journey to evolution and you're not alone in it. We'll dive into topics ranging from wellness, healing, spirituality, dharma, relationships, manifestation, and so much more. Thank you for being a part of this beautiful, supportive community. I can't wait to connect with you in real life at events, retreats, trainings, courses. Thanks for being here and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back, Practical Alchemist. So happy that you're here tuning in from wherever you are. If this is your first time listening to the pod, welcome. If you are a frequent listener, thanks for being here. I love you. Today, I have one of my dear, dear sisters, and we'll share about how we met. It's really so beautiful and divine. And today, I'm sitting down with Kim Roach. She is a sole purpose coach. She's the founder of Coherence Retreats. Of course, she's a fellow sound practitioner and sound healer and just a multidimensional being helping women quantum leap, manifest abundance, and step into alignment. So hi, Kimmy. Thank you for being here. Hello. I am so excited to finally be here with you, Tali. Yay! And I call her Kimmy, but she goes by Kim. <laughs> I'm just like, I told her in the beginning, I was like, I probably won't call you by your name. I feel like I'm always calling you babe or sis. Yeah, right back at you. I feel like that's just our nicknames for each other at all times. Yes. Well, why don't we begin with how we met? I think it's always really sweet, especially when I have such a deep connection with the person that I'm interviewing, just to give the listeners some background about our sisterhood, our relationship. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did we meet in Shasta? We did. That's where we officially met in person. We had been like connected as today's world is, I think through the socials when we knew that we were going to be co-facilitating with April in Shasta for Lionsgate Portal back Mm -hmm. in, was that 2022? Mm, probably before that. We've been to Shasta twice together. So it was the first time. So maybe 21. So we met as attendees. I think you were facilitating and I was attending. But we did, but I also did the sound bath with you. I co-hosted that one. Yes, that's right. And so we met in Shasta and immediately it was like, I think Taurus and Libra, because we're ruled by Venus, we're just like such little lovers. And I just gravitated to your energy immediately. And then the next year we went back together, both co-facilitating. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful retreat. Both of those were. Shasta is such a portal of so much magic. And so I feel like those retreats as well are so intergalactic and yeah, spacey and very, I didn't know much about the star seeds and my star family. And then I went to Shasta and learned so much. So that, those were really fun. 
There's something about Shasta that is so activating for so many people. I think a lot of people say that Shasta is the root chakra. It has mm-hmm. root chakra energy. And so with that, there's just a lot that can come up and be shed. But then also I feel like there's so much intergalactic activity. There are so many star seeds that move to Shasta. So that energy there in general is just incredible, impeccable, and to be approached with reverence because Shasta don't mess around. (laughs) No, and I remember in particular you and me and two other of our soul sisters, Valerie too, we went into this pyramid that this guy made in his backyard. And we did a very long meditation in this like handmade pyramid to connect with a very particular star family. And it was just so activating and so fun and only something you can do in Shasta. Truly, truly, truly. And Shasta is not the only place you've ever been. You are one of the most well-traveled people I know since you were an infant. And so would love for you to share about your background, your upbringing, because I think it's so unique. Yeah. So I definitely have a very, very unique background. I was raised as a third culture kid. So really, my dad was in the military for most of my life. And then when he retired, he joined the State Department. So he's a diplomat. But really what that meant for me as a child was every two to three years, I moved to basically another country. So I was born in England and shortly after I went to Hawaii and Virginia. And then my international upbringing really began. I I moved to Italy and then I moved to Mexico and then I moved to Ukraine and then I moved to Jordan. I went to high school in Jordan and the Middle East, went back to college in Virginia. And by the time I graduated that, I really just wanted to get as far away as possible. So I went to South Africa for my internship and then I moved to Australia. Then I backpacked Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Thailand and Cambodia. So Yeah, I've been to over 33 countries so far in my life, which is more than my age right now and lived in many of them. And I can't even count the amount of cities that I've visited or been to, probably hundreds at this point. But I think that really embedded in me not only this really deep love of travel, but also this really unique outlook of how people can actually live their lives and the programming that the United States has in, in particular around what the journey is supposed to look like, which I just don't believe. Mm. I've heard you say this before, all the places you've been and the way in which you grew up, but it never ceases to amaze me because even though it sounds fabulous and exciting, which I'm sure it was, I also imagine as a kid, maybe there were moments where you had to find your way and figure out your place amongst your community and the world. Would you say that? Absolutely, 100%. And I think it's one of the biggest traumas that I still carry to this day. And one of my biggest purposes, too, because of that trauma is building community and helping other people find Soul Tribe. Because for me, it was so hard. And I think that not until just recently, just a few years ago, I didn't really fully understand that my life was traumatic or went through trauma because it wasn't maybe as bad as you might see other people go through. So I I was like, oh, well, I don't have trauma. I'm not like living this really dark and shadowy and heavy life. But it's no, I was ripped away 
from every single person I knew. I was ripped away from the culture of a country, from the language of a country, from home, really, every two to three years and forced to restart and forced to almost like be this chameleon to find any way to fit in. So it was very, very difficult as a kid. But I think that was part of my purpose in, in terms of now being an adult, of having that experience of saying, okay, well, I've done this before. I can do it again, but I can do it now in a more conscious effort and with intention. That is so powerful that you, A, had that realization, babe, because you're right. From the outside looking in, it's like, what's so traumatic about living in all the different places in the world and a sense of rooting and home and community is so integral to being as a species. We're, we're social creatures. We're familiar creatures. And so having your sense of tribe, having your sense of home through people is something that you had to create. And then I'm sure that once you felt like you had it, you moved on to somewhere new. Absolutely. And as a Taurus as well, like we just want to ground. We just want to, we just want to be stable. We want that. And I think for me as well, as a kid, I thought it was really normal. I was like, everybody does this, right? Everybody just moves to a whole across the entire planet every two to three years, right? And it wasn't until I was in my teenage years or maybe 12 or 13, I was like, wait a second, this actually is not normal. And then I very much felt like the oddball out, not only as a kid, but into my adulthood, into college, into even today sometimes. I'm like, I, I can feel that of, oh, I don't belong here. This is not my community mm -hmm. I, because I, I don't have a hometown and will have that, which most people have. I always have felt a little, yeah, a little just out of the circle. Totally. I can imagine. And at the same time, I just think it's so beautiful and it's no surprise, right? We both do Dharma work with ourselves, with our clients. And to look at the trajectory of your life, it had to be that way for you to live out your Dharma in the way in which you are today by bringing people together, by cultivating community, by traveling to different parts of the world, different parts of the country. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But I want to learn about your metamorphosis. What was your awakening process like? Mm, yeah. So my metamorphosis, which is actually the name of one of my one-on-one -on -one coaching containers as well. My metamorphosis helped in my caterpillar phase is just that. I really call my caterpillar phase when we're living in the matrix, when we're living in our programming and we're the victim, right? So my caterpillar phase was me and, and my entire childhood into even college and all of that early adulthood as well. Just like I'm the victim. I am forced to move around my whole life. I'm deeply programmed that my father, he worked for the military and then he joined again, the state department. So he very much worked for the man, right? So my, my programming was I have to work for the man as well in some sort of government or corporate or whatever it is, whatever your definition of the man is. But I had to work for that. And that's the only way that I could be successful. That was my caterpillar phase, which was really just like in this programming of in order to be successful, I had to work for the man in order to be happy. I had to, to live in this certain way. And then my awakening, my cocoon phase, right? When we are in the cocoon, we feel that we're dying. We're turning into goo, literally. 
So that happened for me when I actually fell for it. After I traveled around and after I went to college and backpacked a little bit, I ran out of money and I had to come back to the United States and work again because I, I was working my whole life, not my whole life. I started working when I was 15. All the travel that I did as an adult was money through money that I saved. So when I ran out of money, I couldn't travel anymore. So I had to come back to the US. I got a job in New York City. It was a in-office job working here in career advising, recruitment in the pharmaceutical industry, actually. Totally unaligned. And it was, I wouldn't even call it a nine to five. I would call it an eight to six. If you were not at your desk at the clock, you were shunned. You know, people would talk about you. Or if you left before 6 p.m., it was a big no. So I worked in the office for a while and I was just so out of alignment for years. Living in New York City, first of all, was so hard on my nervous system. Working a job in pharmaceuticals that I didn't care about. And just generally just like unhappy. My lifestyle was partying way too much. I wasn't taking care of my body or my mental health. And I completely cracked. My cocoon phase happened when I fell into a really deep depression because I fell for the programming that I was taught in as a caterpillar phase. So yeah, I fell into a really deep depression and um, I was actually sent to the hospital twice due to the effects that stress had on my body. One time the lining of my lungs became so inflamed because of stress that it hurt to breathe. So I was like, this is not right. This is not okay. So I called that my mental action to live. You're not able to do because you are living so out of alignment with what is right for you. I was so out of whack. I was so just... I didn't even know what alignment even meant because I didn't even know who I was. You know, I needed to figure that out first. I had to go through a deep soul journey, which is exactly what happens. I fell into this depression and I fully cracked. I had to quit that job. I went back into bartending. I told myself, I'm I'm just going to stay in New York for one more year and then I'm going to leave. And my original plan was to to go to Mexico and just work my way down and travel again because that that, to me, that was my only escape. I was like, I'm just going to travel. I'm going to go on the plane and travel which is not the solution. You have to do the inner work too, because everywhere you go, there you are. So the solution isn't just buying a plane ticket. It's figuring out the deep, the deep stuff. And then you can go and then you can travel with that too. Once you bring the awareness around that. But um, yeah, you so. with baggage or without baggage. You right. <laughs> what kind of baggage are we talking about? Yeah, carry on, personal item, are you bringing 10 suitcases you have to check? You pick. <laughs> Exactly. So what happened was I, I eventually quit that job. I went back to bartending. I told myself it'd be my last year in New York. I just I need to leave that city. And I started just like this when I quit that job, I had so much more time and I just really needed to figure out who I was. I remember my spiritual journey or at least the deep part of it. That's when it really began was I would spend every single night journaling. I was like, I made a pact to myself that I'm going to journal every single night. I would like Google journaling prompts and just journal every single night so I could figure out what was really deep down there that needed to become brought to the surface. And then I did eventually buy that one-way ticket to Mexico because I eventually got a remote job working in the travel industry. It was with a startup and I went to Mexico and then I lost that job too. <laughs> and then eventually found my way to LA. I met my fiance now. All the stars aligned for me to move to LA. And then when I went to LA, I had already been deep on this journey of self-discovery, but I wanted to 
amplify that. So not only was I journaling every night, but I was reading all the self-help books. I was listening to all the podcasts. I was just taking in all the information that I could. But when I moved to LA, that's when it really integrated. All that information was really not only something that I was just reading and taking in, but I was starting to embody. So LA took off for me in many ways. And we can talk about that too. But that's really how my metamorphosis happened. It was catapult phase of programming, the cocoon phase of being sent to the hospital because of being not in alignment with my true soul calling. And then my butterfly phase and my happened with my spiritual awakening and finding out my truth and starting to really embody that. Mm. It's so incredible how the body tells us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it has to get to a point where the body's screaming at us. But if we're able to tune in and listen, we can begin to hear the whispers. And the better that we get at that, the easier that we can find our way into where we're meant to be doing what we're meant to be doing with the people that we're meant to be with. And mm-hmm. so it sounds like journaling was one of the first tools that you implemented to begin to do that inner work, to begin to do that inner alchemy. And then through that, you uncovered and you were able to really hear what the direction that you were being called to go was. You ended in LA. Mm-hmm. And then, then what were, because I imagine, okay, you you excavate all this shit, for lack of a better term. Great. Mm-hmm. What do you do with all of it? And so what have been some of the tools, this podcast being called Practical Alchemy, we want to create alchemy in our lives. And there are practical tools that can be very easy or common or simple to implement or not. But what were some of the tools that you would say really helped then catalyze and facilitate the quantum leaps that you've taken since? Yeah. Well, journaling, of course, is really big. Of course, you have the big ones, the journaling and the meditation and the reading the books that call to you, of course. But I think for me, it was one of the biggest catalysts of my journey was listening to my intuition and then taking action on it, even if it didn't really make sense. Something, for example, was how I became a sound healer. It wasn't because I was like, I need to be the world's best sound healer and I need to start doing sound baths. It wasn't any of that. It was more just a curiosity of, hey, I've been to a sound bath before and I really enjoyed it. And I just want to teach myself. The universe is telling me, just try this. It seems good. So without any experience, without anything like that, I bought myself a set of sound bowls and I just taught myself. Eventually I went to a course and a training after like many months, but all of a sudden I'm a sound healer. I'm hosting sold out sound baths every month and then, or every week for that matter. And then I'm opening new doors for this and that. And it's like, when you listen to your intuition, even when it doesn't make sense and just still take aligned action for it, doors are going to open for you. And I think a lot of people have a lot of struggle there with the taking action piece because they're looking for a blueprint and a roadmap of if I take this action, what is going to be the next thing? What is the door that's going to open? You don't know that until you do it and just do it and see, right? So my practical alchemy (laughs) tips would be listen to your intuition, and take the messy action. Ooh, messy, messy action. I freaking love that. Imperfect action is better than perfect inaction. And so it's your intuition will speak to you, but then what do you do with that? I've, I can deeply resonate in both the sense of having taken action and seeing what happened and then not having taken action and 
years later, I'm like, wow, had I actually done that, my life would be vastly different. And there is a reason for that too under my philosophy, but I digress. I love that. I really love that. There truly is nothing like community and feeling supported by like-minded individuals who share the same mission and are also on their journey to evolution. And if you're craving this, I invite you to join me in the Alchemized Life membership. This is a virtual community and a membership of beautiful people from all across the world. And we come together every month for community healing circles, workshops around lunar cycles and cacao circles. And these are all live, all recorded, and you have access to them whether you want to hop on live or you want to watch the recordings of them. And if you feel called to join the membership, I would love to invite you to try your first month for just a dollar using the code PracticalAlchemy at checkout. And I hope to see you in the portal soon. Back to the show. And so you and I, being friends, I have a lot of background about your dharma, your offerings, your work. And so with that, I know that you've also been coaching for some time and coaching is some of the most powerful, potent work that you've done. Mm -hmm. And recently, you've also started to shift your offerings and what that looks like. And so I would love to first talk about the entrepreneurial journey, specifically in terms of when the chapter feels complete and mm -hmm. you're asked to start a new chapter, how that has shown up for you, because I know that this isn't the first time that this has happened for you, mm -hmm. and how you've navigated that to say, okay, I'm going to trust, even though, like you said, you listen to your intuition, maybe it doesn't quite make sense, but you take action. Mm -hmm. I love this question because it's so true that I have shifted my business in so many big ways in, I would say, a short amount of time compared to what as industry standards. I started off my spiritual entrepreneurship as a sound healer. Actually, that was like the only thing that I offered. It was sound healing. And I did get a certification for breath work, although Actually, it started with, let's start there. It started with breath work. I got a certification with to be a breath work facilitator because I love that modality. I loved it so much. And then COVID happened and I wasn't going to the breath work studio because we couldn't bring it on each other. People and, were like, breathe the mask on. Yeah, not happening. So I started breath dark times. So I got that and I thought I was going to be a breathwork facilitator. But as soon as I got it, COVID hit and the universe said, no, you're not bringing a breathwork facilitator today. And I was like, okay, that was a fun course to learn. And it's still a tool that I have in my back pocket. But I'm curious, since I'm not going to be teaching breathwork or even practicing with anyone, let me just try out the bowls because that's something that was spoke to me and I'd like to try that. So that's when I started my journey of sound. And then when COVID started to loosen up a little bit, that's when I started offering in-person sound baths, incorporating a little bit of breath in there, not as much, but it was just as a tool. And then those sound baths turned into women's circles, which turned into cacao ceremonies, which turned into holding space in these bigger ways beyond just sound baths, wow. which turned into hosting retreats. Okay, now I'm holding women's circles. That's like 
hold overnight women's circles and offer a lot more in different locations. So switch to hosting retreats here and there. And then it switched again. I think my sound baths came to an end, a pretty abrupt ending when I was done with LA. And again, it was this call. There was nothing that really, I didn't even say goodbye really to that many people when I left LA. I just knew that my time in LA was done and I didn't know where else to go. But I listened to my intuition and said, my contract with LA has finished. This is after three and a half years of living there. I got to go. So I packed up my bags and I packed up my car and got my dog and my fiance and we got on the road and we started traveling from city to city. But now that I was on the road, I still wanted to support people, but I couldn't support them in sound baths. I wasn't taking all of my instruments in my little car with me. How else can I support them? And I was like coaching. I love coaching. I got accredited by the ICF coaching certification and um, yeah, started hosting online courses, coaching one-on-one and supporting women in different ways. And again, the shift happened because my life was changing. So as my life changed, my business changed. And so I spent, let's just say, a a few years doing sound baths, a few years doing coaching, maybe not even a few, let's like one to two years doing each of those. And then very recently, I actually had my retreats on hold for a while as I was focusing on my coaching and getting that foundation set. And then once that foundation was set for coaching, I said, okay, I'm ready to bring my retreats back because I actually really enjoyed doing them. And when I announced my retreats to the world and started marketing them on my social media platforms, I sold out so fast. <laughs> and I, I, I remember one day I, I like woke up and started crying tears of joy because I looked at my phone and my emails and I had hundreds of applications come in overnight for one of my retreats. And I just couldn't believe it. And I said, okay, this is the universe's sign yet again telling me that I need to take a shift. And I don't know what this is going to look like. Now I do because I've been working on something for a few months now. But that was the sign was that overnight applications of getting hundreds of, of people signing up for my wait list in one night. That was a universe's way of saying time to shift again. Wow. And I need to complete. It's not that I'm like completely done with sound baths. They still come in here and there. They're just not my number one main thing that I do anymore. And same with coaching. It's like, I'm not done with coaching. I still love coaching, but it's like, now it's the next evolution of that. Where can I intertwine coaching and sound baths and retreats and offer all of these things together in a package deal? That was a little bit of a wrap, but I think, again, it's just like the universe will tell you when it's time to shift your business and you just have to trust that. And that shift, it's a pretty big sign usually. It's either like a gut feeling of, hey, like for me, I shifted from sound baths to coaching because I needed to, I was done with LA and I became a digital nomad. So I had to offer online. And then my shift happened again from coaching to focus more on retreats because the universe showed me, hey, people want this and you're ready for this. It's not going to show up in your field if you're not ready for it. So just trust that. So powerful. And it's also so interesting how as your container and environment has shifted, your work has also shifted. I'm a big believer in that your container determines so much. And so like the container in LA was holding the sound. The digital nomad container was holding the coaching. And now 
you've mm-hmm. grounded and planted roots in Austin, and that container is now holding this full circle part of your dharma, right? With your upbringing and traveling and growing up to your awakening and realizing how big community is and healing through community is a big part of your life and your journey. Mm-hmm. And having hosted retreats before even coaching and having to put those on pause, mm-hmm. now you're stepping back into them with this even more elevated version of you. And so mm-hmm. I know that the retreats are officially launching in September, correct? Correct. September 4th. Yes. So exciting. And are we ready to share the name? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so tell us the name of your retreat offering. Okay. So my retreat new company rebrand is going to be called Coherence Retreats. I am so excited about this. I did have a retreat company that most of my community might be familiar with called Collective Getaway, which was really just like still so powerful, so many beautiful portals. But to me, those were amazing lessons to bring coherence into play at the forefront as the next evolution of Collective Getaway. So Mm -hmm. Coherence will be the new company name. I am so excited to be bringing on brand new facilitators. Next year, we're going to be hosting many retreats, both domestic and internationally. Every single facilitator that we're going to have on board will also bring their own special sauce into the containers and bring in new types of people who want to join these retreats as well. So yeah, I think the main point of coherence is to really help people come into coherence with their mind, body, and soul. And no matter what retreat you go on, whether it's a wellness retreat, a woman's retreat, an adventure retreat, there's going to be an aspect of you coming into alignments, coming into coherence with your mind, body, and soul. So really excited about it. Absolutely love coherence. And it's so beautiful how collective getaway was almost this like adventure. Getaway has the sense of going elsewhere, whereas coherence is the sense of coming home, aligning. Mm -hmm. And so like you said earlier, wherever you go, there you are. And I just love how embodied and integrated this name is. And also so honored to be coming on a retreat and be co-facilitating a coherence retreat with you. We're going to Sedona. Mm-hmm. Yes. For anyone who's listening, we are going to be hosting a retreat together in March of 2024 in Sedona. It's going to be limited spots available, but this is going to be big magic. It's going to be a woman's retreat, and I'm so excited about it. We're going to be, again, launching all of the details on September 4th, but we also have a link attached here where you can um, sign up for the wait list in the meantime if it's something that you want to join. Yay, I can't wait. Sedona is another place where those who are called and go to Sedona tend to be really there for a big reason for big shifts. Sedona is full of all of these vortexes where you go and the energy there is incredible, intense, potent. It's also one of those places that's considered, in my opinion, sacred grounds throughout Mm -hmm. the United States. There are these activated spaces throughout the United States that are sacred ground and Sedona is a hundred percent one of them. 
Yeah, I love Sedona. It's actually funny. I brought up COVID a couple of times in this uh, podcast because when COVID first hit, I was like, I need to get so far away from here. I need to get out of the city. I need to escape somewhere. And I went to Sedona and I got so nourished in the soul and it really helped ground me in such a really scary time and a big time of change, not only for myself, but for the world. Sedona really held that space for me. And then I went back again to host a much, much smaller retreat back in 21 and big changes happen for all of the girls there after that. So I'm really excited to be doing this again in 2024 with you and just bringing so much magic into this space. And I'm calling in just the most incredible women goddesses. It's going to be Women's History Month, correct? And yeah, it's going to be a women's retreat that where we can activate all of our inner goddess, all of our inner wisdom, all of our connection with the universe. And I think it's going to be really ethereal and magical. So we're going to make some beautiful memories over there. I'm super, super excited. Oh, ho, sis, I can't wait. And for those who want to stay connected, if they're not already following you, what is the best way to stay in contact, to be up to date with what you're offering and all of that good stuff? Yep. So my main social platforms are both Instagram and TikTok. And my handle is it's Kim Roach, I-T-S-K-I-M-R-O-A-C-H. And then, yeah, you can follow all along there. And then obviously, if you sign up for my email marketing, you'll be the first to know everything too. Yes. And keep an eye out for the show notes. We'll put the wait list for our Sedona Coherence Retreat in 2024. And I'm just so thrilled to see this next evolution of your offerings and what you're sharing with the community, with the collective, always in awe of you, always inspired by you. So thanks for coming on today, sis. Thank you, sis. So excited to be here. I love this conversation and cannot wait for March of 24 to see you in person in Sedona. (laughs) 